0: Hey, we got an excellent episode here on Spain and Riggs, episode number six. We got some great interviews. We'll talk with Caden Dakota, who's the number 132 pound wrestler, century champion. We had a great chat with him. We also B We're also Class classic basketball, getting ready for the big state tournament. Recap, class A, both boys and girls. I came through with some big wins. We we'll talked a little bit about that. We're going to talk some goat soccer talk. We're going to see who the best soccer player is. To wrap it all up, Maggie Fricke, the star champion, 8th grader for Mine High Girls Basketball. It's a great episode. Here we go. Here we are in the high school segment here at, on Spainer and Riggs. We're excited. We've got an action-packed part of this episode, um, and it kicks off with a great interview with state wrestling champion at 132 weight class, uh, Caden Dakota. We had a great chat with him from Century High School. Here it is. Hey, this is
1: Spanner from Spanner Rig Show, and we we are here with Caden Dakota from Century High School Wrestling State Champion. How's it going, Caden?
2: Pretty Pretty good, how about yourself?
1: Pretty good, pretty good. I had a little fun at State A. It seemed like you were down there. You had a little fun at State A as well, huh? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Pretty Pretty fun, fun. would've been a little bit better. better Coulda gotten, gotten
1: that win, girls. Play. But yeah, that was a that was an interesting game. It was just kind of a grind that just never uh, kind of transpired for Century a little bit there, fifty game win streak. And I think the longer it went on, they just got a little tighter and a little tighter. But yeah. so but I what, had some
2: really good shots.
1: Yeah. So tell us here, uh, you're the state champion, one hundred and thirty two pound bracket. Uh, for Century, you uh, you know, tell us about that state tournament and, uh, you know, did you expect to win state? You know, uh, was it surprising for you? I mean, how'd that go?
2: So I came in the number one seed and I'd beaten everyone pretty much in my bracket. So I felt pretty good about it. The only thing I was really concerned about though, like for the most part, was my semis match because the last three years, I ended up losing in the semis, and it was just like something in my head that like I just had to get through. I barely I did. I ended up winning seven six, to six, right? but I got through it, so that was pretty nice.
1: There's something about that kind of getting over that hump mentally, you know, for uh, for athletes. It, does, it, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. It just it just kind of sticks in there with you. So that's that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, you know, we had Justin Racine, head coach at uh, Modern High, and, you know, I've learned how the the wrestling gig goes, and there's just so much for an athlete that I have an appreciation after learning a couple buddies and knowing, understanding it. But maybe explain to our, our, our listeners the, the dynamic of preparing for wrestling, especially at the state championship. I mean, you talk about strength and skill. You also have to make sure your weight and dedication to your nutrition. And then there's a mental aspect of it as well. But just tell us, you know, how you prepared, you know, for the state tournament and just prepared for the journey of the, the season of wrestling this year.
2: Yes, I'd say a big thing is getting your mind right. Like I envision myself at the highest stages. So when I'm there, I try, it's easy to not get nervous. And then you just have to, there's a confidence you have to have in yourself that I personally build through how I work and my work ethic. And I think that's where most people would say they get it from most wrestlers. But if you work so hard, then you just feel like no one's worked harder than you. And you build confidence in yourself. So that's how mentally I get ahead of it. And then weight cut, you know. I just, I just try, try, uh at the beginning of the season, it's kind of tough for me to get down. down. But once I, I get down, especially this year, I do, I do a pretty really good job of maintaining my weight, weight keeping it, keeping it, it putting, putting it, the right things into my body so I'm able, able to go, go out there and perform good. good. And, and yeah, yeah it's, it's just, I, it's just I, it's very uh, very, uh time consuming things. And yeah, it takes a lot of motivation, but if you want it, uh it comes
0: kinda of easy. Absolutely, uh, I just know a couple of wrestlers that had to, you know, they'll get to enjoy sometimes Thanksgiving or Christmas dinners depending on uh, how the season goes. So, <laughs> like I said, I, I enjoy those uh, traditions for sure. So, uh,
1: tell us uh, like at a Century Bismarck, Century Mandan, Century Minot duel, I, tell us the difference when you're wrestling for like your team versus wrestling for yourself in an individual tournament. How, how does that feel?
2: Duels, I would hands down say I get way more nervous for. Like, I hype myself up just because you want, you got your team on your back, you know, you want to try and help them out as much as you can. And then you're also, you're in your face with your teammates, you know, cheering them on on the sideline. It's just a way more energetic feeling and it's nerve-wracking sometimes in those tight ones, but compared to that to individuals where it's like, I just think like, I got this, like, just calm. And compared to duels, it's not, I get really nervous during duels. That's something I've been trying to work on through the season, but that's the biggest difference. And I feel like a lot of people have that problem.
1: It let me, Let me take that a step further. You ever get in a duel where you know that you're going to have to get a bonus point win for your team. Like, if you're an individual tournament, you just got to outscore the guy and move on to the next bracket, right? But if you're in a duel, knowing that you, you your team might lose matches down the road, they're going to need you to get the six-point pin or the five-point major, major decision correct, you know, uh, versus just Check. winning your match and getting three points for your team.
2: Yeah, that... Something, it, you, you, you almost, almost like, like that's also another nerve wracking thing about it sometimes is like, some, like some well, if I win, mean, like, I still feel like I lost if I didn't, if I didn't do enough, you know? No. Sometimes, sometimes I, I like to put pressure, pressure on myself during those moments because, because I feel I like I perform best when there's, best there's a little pressure on me. And, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm really, really good on top, top in my opinion. And so I feel I can, Hit anyone, so you so just kind, kind of, of gotta go out there with the mentality saying, tell, tell yourself it. that you're gonna do this, and hopefully it gets done. done. Otherwise, you, you just gotta, gotta move on and try, try and build, build from it.
0: So you're uh, you're a junior right now, and obviously after your uh, junior season, uh, your everybody starts uh, all eyes about what your future is and all those type of things, but. Um, you know, not disclosing, you know, what, what may or may not be, but is, is, is wrestling at the college level? Is that definitely a goal of yours? Is that a, you know, do you set yourself goals really high to, to compete, uh, you know, at the next level?
2: Yeah. It's been something I've wanted to do since when I was young and it's like, I've had, had two goals, you know, win the state championship and get to the next level. And I got one of them down and that's the next one. And it's, it's looking, looking like I'm gonna have that possibility if I keep working hard, so it's exciting.
0: Good deal.
1: So there's a you know, a little different one, but uh Gorillas, they brought you up. I mean everyone knows the Mat Pack name, they're you know, super dominant youth club. Tell us how the, the, the gorillas got you to this point and uh, you know, kinda that progression.
2: You know, I just felt like my coaches there, they were able to take time in me and you know, I always knew I was gonna be a century guy. My mom teaches that century, so and Gorillas coaches that century and, you know, their head coaches help out there. So it's like, well, if I'm gonna be there, I might as well get under my coaches. And they just really were able they saw, you know, I wanted to be successful from a young age and they pushed me and it's why I needed and it got me here.
0: Good stuff. Well, all right, Kaden, we uh, we appreciate you taking your time and you know all the dedication. And like I said, uh, usually when uh, somebody wins a state championship, the future becomes extremely bright. So we'll se- definitely be following along, and uh, wish you uh, nothing best. And hopefully, we'll have you back again. Uh, hopefully next year after he wins another one.
1: And we'll uh, we'll text old Evan forty for you and put a good word <laughs> in for you here at Minot State. How's that?
2: <laughs> all right. Sounds good. <laughs>
0: All right, man. Thanks a lot.
2: Yeah, thank you.
0: That was a great chat with kate and he was really exciting. Uh, too bad we couldn't keep the cameras rolling about how his mom teaches there too, as well, and having that dynamic of, uh, you know, my mom and my my uh, nana. They taught my mom, and so I knew that dynamic too. But that would have been pretty cool to get that in there. But... I
1: know. Yeah, yeah. That's some interesting, yeah. uh, interesting things.
0: No, but he's certainly a good kid. But no, here in the high school segment. Uh, we want to talk about what's happening here this weekend. The big granddaddy all the Class B, uh, tons of excitement. We did, you know, pretty much see a lot of uh, favorites and people we kind of expected to be there. Um, but boy, it's sure up to be one of one of the best tournaments. And uh, you know, I was lucky to watch Nick Holberg's PSP Network. Uh, they covered a lot of the Region Six, and I know you were, you know, had along it uh, across the board, but. What are your thoughts about the overall field going into the Class B um, just to start, uh, you know, getting some teams in excitement, and what are your thoughts? It's going to be interesting.
1: I uh, There was just some, a lot of upsets. Yeah. A lot of upsets, you know, uh, so it, it's kind of, uh, you know, I think that there's a, it's very top-heavy versus, you know, kind of mm-hmm. a balanced field. But, I mean, I look at... You know, four wins in Stanley. I mean, four wins is going to come out on top there, yeah. more than likely. Stanley will have to be absolutely perfect to For hang. Sure. Jaden broke the all-time four wins uh, scoring record mm-hmm. recently. Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, he can just score at will on them, on the top of the top teams. Yep. You know, uh, uh, Kindred playing Bowman. I mean, we saw the Kindred girls. The Kindred guys come from the toughest region. Region 1, it's got Central Cass and it's got Enderlin. Enderlin's got the Hurlburt kid that signed with Colorado. You know, uh, you got Olsen at Kindred. Uh, you know, they're probably going to get past Bowman would be my guess, you know. Um, and that, we, we got the, the other two games are really interesting. Shiloh is seeded three. Ryan's unseated, and I told you yeah. I thought Ryan would be unseated, yeah. and that would be the one you that you that. do not want. For sure. So they get they get Shiloh, uh, which this is. There's another little side tangent to this game, which I think is interesting. So when I'm at these games, in Ryan's winning or Shiloh's beating teams, the opposing fans chant real class B real class oh, B. of course B. Of they don't course. like these private schools no they so don't I don't, I don't oh, think yeah. it's an
0: accident the two private schools Absolutely. one's getting
1: eliminated right away but it's you tell
0: anybody from Velva I'll tell you that <laughs> anybody from Velva that is like 50 years old all the way down to whatever they they they'll say the same thing oh yeah know? they don't
1: like Ryan no. uh it's it's crazy interesting Ryan's unseated Shiloh seed three mm-hmm Shiloh was not the number one team in their region. Ryan was the re- number one mm-hmm. in Region 6. Ryan has beaten Shiloh already. So, uh, it's interesting. But Wilton Wing had beaten uh, Shiloh. Remember, I yep. picked Shiloh yep. to win that game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's a, there's some side info there too because mm-hmm. I was driving down, had to gas up in yep. Wilton, yep. you know, uh, run into the Wilton guys. You know, they're giving me business about the podcast predictions. Oh yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, uh, so I don't know. It's weird. They they kind of got revenge on Wilton, you know, and he's mm-hmm. worried. You know, they're England. Their best player is playing on a torn ACL, MCL, Ooh. and PCL. He's just yeah. you know, he's just playing it out. I. Uh, I don't know. Ryan said they told me during the girls region tournament, mm-hmm. they're on a mission, they're going to state, they're getting to the top four, and they're just gonna let it play out and see mm-hmm. how well they do. So and I haven't doubted them since. They've throttled everyone since. For sure. I think Ryan gets past Shiloh, but that game that game could go like six overtimes. It's gonna come down to some crazy shot. I just like, you know. The Feller, Ian Johnson, yep. you know, yep. uh, and, then, and then you got the two-point guard deal there with Jet Lundin mm-hmm. uh, and Merck. I, I don't know. I, I'm picking the upset, you know, and th- that, that same game was yeah. the only upset I picked in the girls' state B, but obviously yep. Unlin and Thompson got hurt for MLS for in sure. the first half, which, so we have no idea what would have happened there. But, uh, you know, uh, then you've got Lamore versus Grafton.
0: And uh I've been kind of speaking a lot about Grafton just every once in a while, just yeah, kind of poking yeah. them out a little bit. And... Gra-
1: Grafton's a three seed in their region, Lamore's a two seed in their region. Um seated seated higher. They're the four, Grafton's the five. Um I'm I'm going Grafton. Okay. I'm going Grafton. And then I think we get the matchup that we wanted in girls. That didn't happen because four wins got clipped <laughs> right in the region now. championship game. Uh we get the four wins, Kindred up and then this one's really interesting to me because y- you know you've got that total stud at four wins mm-hmm. just like Enderlin just like Central Cass yep. and uh, you know uh, and Kindred knocked off Enderlin in the last game of the re- uh, of the regular season they knocked off Central Cast. they knocked off Enderlin and they have been able to neutralize that stud player. Uh, they are the number one team in the state defensively. Four Winds is the number one team in the state offensively. Mm-hmm. Oh man!
0: Uh, and four Winds brings a crowd. I mean, it is. I mean, it's so does Kindred. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be. <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, and I will tell you though, like the 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 B is very uh, what's the word? Unforgiving. I mean, it is unbelievable. How about how momentum swings in that dome being absolutely jam packed that kids get a little tight, you know, holding the ball a little light. I mean, those, you know, crucial missed free throws become critical, with you know, the magnifying glass. Um, and so, I mean, but historically, Four wins has done well in the Dome. I mean, they've got it done there before. So I wonder if that maybe plays on their side. I mean, I watched the, uh, the Velva-Ryan game, and I just felt like uh, Brody Bosch was like a surgeon as a coach. And it just seemed like at the right time, you know, made substitutions, you know, he you know, got the matches, mis- ma- mi- or matchups he wanted. Um, and, you know, because it was a kind of a bit of a historic thing. You text anybody about Velva. When was the last time Velva, I think, was in the region championship? Some people were saying, like, 67 was the last <laughs> time. And they've never been to state. So, I, you know, like, I don't think they've ever been to state. So, you know, we knew it was going to be a little insurmountable. But th- wasn't there a stretch? They, they beat Ryan
1: yeah. at Ryan yeah. earlier this year. Uh, And I think Velva had some golden years with... uh, They had Ryan Craft and Charles Colby and Carl Laid playing for them. They were quite formidable, uh, you know, uh, in the 90s. So uh, I don't know how far they got, uh, but I do know that they had a triple threat that was really dominant. Um, And that might have been the last time they were good at basketball, but I do know that they were quite good uh, in that era. Um, But... You know, uh, the question is, it's going to be a tight game. Mm-hmm. Four Winds has played with huge leads the whole season. Kindred comes from the best region in the state where they have been in tight games the whole season. And, you know, is w- Four Winds has been in the Dome. They're comfortable in the Dome. Yeah, Kindred's comfortable in tight situations,
0: you know. So you're saying like if Four Winds gets out to an early lead, it's game over. Or if the game gets tight and Kindred can hang, or linger around, and then all of a sudden, you know, does Four Winds have the? Can they handle the pressure of hanging on at the end? I mean, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm going, uh, I'm going Kindred. I think, it's, I think Kindred beats him in overtime. Wow. That's Boy, what I think.
0: That's going to be a crazy, that's crazy I, I, a prediction.
1: I, you know, and I, I know a lot of the people out there think I love Kindred, this and that. I, I, I'll explain to you what I, I think about Kindred. Obviously, they're unbelievable girls team. They ran the table mm-hmm. undefeated. Mm-hmm. Their guys team has come through a gauntlet of a region, and they've knocked off the best players, you know, that, that there are yep. in the state, right, to get to where they're at. So their teams are very good. Mm-hmm. But for anyone that wants to argue... Their entire student section shows up to every game.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for like, the, that that portion of it. The, that right is here just is. interesting to the, see, and the TikTok uh, traction on something like that. I tell you, it's pretty uh,
1: bold. So this is where this is going to be interesting because I put something out about Kindred being number one in the state, number mm-hmm. one student section, right? Uh, Minot has came up huge day at day, State ever. A, right? Day huge. Day ever, yep. So I put it out there. Will Kindred? show up in Minot? Because everyone knows that it's uh, 200 miles or 250 miles to Fargo, yeah. but from Fargo to Minot, it's like 500 miles. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that is 100%. <laughs> so we'll see if Kindred comes to Minot and shows up. But I put that question out there and the Kindred faithful butchered me with comments oh, saying boy. they'll be here in Minot.
0: Well, and so. you know, the and then I my times even working with the class B back 15, 16 in those type years, I do know once you get past the first round, it's kind of like, uh, some people are kind of waiting and seeing, you know, like, cause you know, you're hopeful your team, but if they get that first win that Thursday night, it's school's canceled on Friday and we'll see you all in the dome. Like it gets to be one of those. So I, going to be absolutely and then the problem is is those who regret not getting their tickets early they're up in the bleachers up in the nosebleeds and wishing they were down on the main floor so yeah uh, I think those uh aspects are going to be uh, big do, you know do you you like four wins that like, can is there anybody like that you you don't have a whole lot of high hopes on but could could make a run be a spoiler I mean a little bit of an underdog I mean like you said, could Shiloh going around. Do you think you know? Shiloh's you know, got length. You know, and they, Grafton. I mean, does anybody can have the capability? Grafton's good too. You know, yeah, can anybody make up? I mean, I'll, I don't want to oh, be. It's crazy, man. Guess like to be like, oh, if somebody like that surprises, be like, oh, you know, there's. I'm not totally surprised. I think surprised.
1: Grafton's a notch off. I look at Ryan can score with Kindred. Ryan can score with four ways. Sure. They've got offensive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Shiloh is long. Yeah. They're long, and they're long guys shoot the three. Mm-hmm. So if they're hitting it, there's, not, there's nothing you can do. I don't care who you are. They're, I mean, they're shooting over you, you know. So if they catch fire, Nate and, and they caught fire mm-hmm. against Wilton. I mean, they were up, like, 18 to 4. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it was pretty, you know, they, they, yeah. it was just like, bam, bam, bam. They're just hitting them. Uh, they did struggle against uh, the press. With Wilton's okay. press. Wilton was little. They were like mites trying to run him off the court. But, yep. Um, so we'll move to Class A.
0: Absolutely. Switching gears, Class A. Uh, very, very historic season for, of course, at High. Um, you know, the guys have really, in the last, what, four or five years, have really kind of been there contenders. You know, kind of an expectation. You know, winchesky has got his boys rolling at the right time. Just kind of the culture. The girls... Boy, oh boy! I mean, you know, it, it's, it was remarkable to see the girls' team and how they were able to to do what they did, especially considering you, uh, you know, Fentry, you know, pick Sentry and you're uh, <laughs> doing that deal, and you know, I'm taking no, t- nobody else. Who's Fifty game Wednesday, yes, exactly. Uh, but uh, thoughts on the girls' side? You know, I mean, I caught the, the last championship game and watching how how exciting that is. I mean, geez, to see you know, Maggie and the eighth graders, you know, just rise up to the occasion. You know, there's one thing to have skill, right? Cause kids can shoot the ball well and, and do that. But, you know, kids that are 13, 14 years old are just, you know, from a maturity standpoint, aren't there yet, you know, across the board. And here you are, you know, young girl, just completely, um, you know, being lights out and that just, it just empowers the rest of them. And, and then coaching staff to bring that culture in when you got 18 year olds and 14 year olds playing on the scene, I mean, it's remarkable, but uh, thoughts on the girls side first, like what were your thoughts on, on just seeing that historic run by High girls? To
1: me, in the girls side, you know, uh, Minot and Century were just, they were just better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, Lily Bell, and Maggie Fricke, uh their ball handling was impressive. I, I think uh, I think Minot maybe comes back to the pack if if the ball handling at Minot wasn't such mm-hmm. uh, you know at another level um, you know Logan Nisley is the best player in the state you know and there's Dushar at Kindred mm-hmm. um, who's who might be. A little bit better of an athlete. Nisley
0: didn't she recently commit here too? Uh,
1: Nisley went uh, just committed to Nebraska. Dusher is going to Alabama to play softball. Mm -hmm. Um, But Nisley is smooth she's smooth she can score she can defend and they were down late and she gets a steal and a layup and all i mean it was like okay this game's over it's over and then Mm -hmm. all you know three steal gets fouled you know you're like oh my gosh what is going on you know the gap goes from seven to three like that you know uh but um it just i mean century just far better than everyone else like t they look like a. Like a college team, they got a star, and then everyone else is really good. You know, uh, it looked to me like Minot, you know, versus those uh, East teams, they just got two girls that can just just get through any Mm -hmm. press. On the Maggie can just get through any press on the dribble. Uh, Lily Bell is unconscious shot. Then you've got Lundy, and you got all the girls. Mm -hmm. The rest of the Minot team is really solid really good. Yep. I mean, they're just, they are nails, Absolutely. you know, uh, no, I mean, uh, you know, not, <laughs> I, I just think that team was primed to beat century mm-hmm. when they've got those guards mm-hmm. that, uh, the one thing I thought was interesting was Lily Bell and, you know, uh, and she could shoot that three kind of sacrificed a little bit for the good of the team. And she played underneath Posting up and bodying and banging, you know, a different kind of game than yep. than I had seen her play in the past. And 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 she goes back and forth depending on the matchup. But uh, state championship game, I mean, she really went down low most of the game, and uh, yep. and she's just kept pulling rebounds down, bringing it uh, uh, yep. to Fricky. So I don't know, very interesting.
0: Good deal. Well, we were we were pretty excited about the girls. Now switching over to the boys. Um, boy, another historic run for for minor High uh boy those last two games were particularly were the just, first round I mean, yeah I they know, were down yeah. seven yes. like with a,
1: just over a minute yes. to go in overtime and they Absolutely. had a three
0: and you know uh
1: you know and then they were down two with just eight seconds left mm-hmm. when Chesky's kid freshman he's on the free throw line he makes the first misses the second mm-hmm. they come up with the uh you know the rebound yep. I uh he's young too yeah I mean uh, yeah he's he's a freshman he's yep. he's very very good um you know, uh, you. I'll give you the yep. interesting take on Class A. If you rewind back 10, 12 years ago, whatever, the East could score, 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 score. The West was half court, grind it, you know, defensive teams. Yep. And then historically, it maybe wasn't good enough to get through the Eastern For skill sure. level, if, if you, you know what I mean? Yep. Now you have Western coaches that have moved to Fargo and are coach- coaching oh, the Eastern yeah. teams. The East teams now are all in these 52 50 games, 50-to-45, 50 grinded out defensive. You know, and Minot gets through the number one-ranked team in the state defensively, Cheyenne, and the number two-ranked mm-hmm. team in the state defensively, yep. West Fargo Packers. You know, uh... It's interesting how it flipped because the the West right now the games are like seventy to sixty and eighty mm-hmm. to sixty two and eighty to seventy five yep. you know or whatever and the, you know uh, so the two philosophies switched mm-hmm. you know uh, and you know I thought it was you know going in could my not play we just talked about this yep. with Kindred and four wins could they play in that tight. You know, uncomfortable game against mm-hmm. those good defensive teams in the East, and they just did. They did. But Minot looked to me. I saw this at the WDA, mm-hmm. and then I saw it again at State. They just looked more fit. They did actually. So yeah, when you it know, came Wentz down to those was games,
0: good and you know, Gunville and and set, I mean, the junior. I mean, it just it was it was incredible to watch. It just feels like, you know, as the game got tighter, they just started to just flex their muscles and and just bear down at the right times and. You know, key thing, too, is hitting your free throws. I mean, down the stretch, whenever you, you need to make those th- those types of things, especially at the high school level because, you know, four free th- throws could be the difference in terms of how it was. But uh, it was just so exciting to watch, especially down the stretch, you know, how they were able to, to battle down. And um, and the other thing, too, is, you know, they, they stayed disciplined. You know, that was the biggest thing, staying disciplined, not getting into foul trouble you know that was a that was a kicker you know and, and that's a big game changer for all that stuff for all those games when they're running and, and you know and it, and that, those things matter in state tournaments you know and that, that's a big part of it too it's
1: it's it's uh, my not team has all these different dynamics and DeSette to me was the the player of the tournament i had Wentz as the player of the game for the for, sure. the, for the state championship game but I have, like, Gunville oh, man, as the threes. pulse of oh, that team. You know, uh, oh, he and big he big hit the, face. I mean, his threes, he was hitting yep. it. You just, like, in, in key moments, he came up with the biggest threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, and then the one at the end of the game against Cheyenne, yep. you know, to, to save the yep. season, basically. Yep. So, But uh, great State A. I loved every minute of it. For it sure. was uh, Awesome. The Minot student section was alive. Boy, it was more average. than double any other student section at State A. I thought that was uh, was pretty cool, and they, you know, they were savvy. Yep. Not as organized as the Kindred section.
0: Oh boy, here he comes! No, I tell you this. I tell, well, tell you. I tell you. you no, 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 no. Listen to this.
1: kindred right
0: a, by a house. They don't. They don't live uh, in Kindred.
1: They don't talk about. Uh, <laughs> they don't talk about their cheers. They just happen. Oh, geez. now Minot. Super savvy and their leader is really really good and he goes right down the lines big I mean, Mm -hmm. they had a big section he goes down the line and explains what's coming Mm -hmm. and he they do good Cheers at the right time. Mm -hmm. They are definitely the most savvy student section, Uh, but I do like how uh, Kindred it just happens if something Mm -hmm. happens. It's automatic. They, They they're very organized like it's been part of their ingrained in them for many Absolutely. years you know like texas a&m baseball yep. ball five chant or whatnot yep. but
0: okay well that was really good you know the big part uh, that we want to wrap up the high school section is we have a real treat we got an interview with the big time star as i mean big time she's an eighth grader in maggie Fricky with the minor Majets, minor high girls state champion here it is Hey,
1: we're here, Spanner Rig Show, high school segment with Maggie Fricky, newly crowned state A girls basketball champion. How's it going?
3: Pretty good. How about you guys?
1: Good, good. So good. Uh, I, I got to ask a question. So I watched the game and uh, they, they were pressing you guys and pressing you guys and pressing you guys and it seemed like 9 times out of 10 your answer to their press was to just sprint dribble all the way around them and get into the you know under the other uh, the other half of the offensive end of the court and uh, so I was watching this game and you know you guys were down 14 to 5 early and then you you, you chipped away you came back and then you got to lead at halftime you know and as the game went on I was really you know I was really sitting there like oh man is she going to have enough legs to finish this game because you played in just a ton of minutes. And in the second half, when when Century started to maybe uh, panic a little bit because you guys still led, they just they pressed more and more and more, and you just continually dribbled out of it and dribbled out of it. Uh, tell me, you know, how did you have the legs to, to get through that? And, and I could tell because when I interviewed you after the boys' game, you were completely spent. So <laughs> I think that was a combination yeah. of physically and emotionally and probably riding the guys game as well. But, you know, uh, yeah. tell me about your preparation for, for this and, you know, uh, you know uh, and how, how you had enough juice to get through that game.
3: Well, I knew, like, it was, like, our last game and I had to go full out and, like, I was resting my legs all, weekend just for that game and i just knew i had to give it all my all to get across that court and do this for my team
0: that's amazing you know i think what's probably amazing probably the big big story is you know being an eighth grader we talked to you know before we got going in here being in middle school talk to us a little bit about what it's like to be an eighth grader playing with girls that are basically four years older that are seniors i mean different levels of maturity and and being in that locker room, and then of course taking that uh, to the, the state level and seeing the success. But has it been a tough time adjusting as an eighth grader to that level? I mean, you're having to move down the hall, I guess, down the street. But what's it like being an eighth grader playing with a bunch of, you know, junior and senior girls?
3: I mean, yeah, it was like a it was a big change, but like having AAU also helped, and like having good teammates that like would tell me what I need to do better and like knowing that if I make mistakes I just got to fix them and it doesn't really matter your age I would say honestly and like just my teammates helped me I would say and just being an eighth grader is, it is hard I will say that but like you get through it
1: I gotta ask one question about uh your AAU coach is that coach Bell is that right
3: yes I have two
1: actually okay so you know, I think they probably deserve a little credit, you know, uh, including your high school coach. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, your, you know, the three coaches and, you know, what they've done for you and got, you know, to prepare you for that uh, that moment. The whole moment. You know, we obviously hit the big shot against Jamestown, but.
3: Like. I've been with Ernest since kindergarten. and he's pushed me and like he's been in big games like he was overseas so like he knows the game and I also have a Minnesota coach which played D1 and overseas and then I have coach Swartz which has coached a lot of years and they just helped me work on things I need to work on my shot dribbling everything and just give me enough confidence to do things.
0: So after a big championship, now uh, what's next now for the off season? Because obviously you know that expectations are gonna to ride you out, and usually it's a year or two if you've won one when you're in a sophomore, or junior. But now you've got to deal with this for at least another you know three, four more years. But do you do you take a break now and just get excited, or do you already hit the summer months, or what? what or do you play in other sports, or what are you doing? And you know, what's your preparation here now that the season's over?
3: Uh. Uh-huh. Uh, I am taking a week off just to rest, and then I'm going to hit practices, and I have some, like, tournaments, AAU, summer coming up, which will be very fun, like with my Minot team and Minnesota team. And then I'll do summer high school things with my team too.
1: So do you, do you play uh, only basketball, or do you do any other sports, cross country to get fit, or is it just basketball?
3: Mostly basketball, but I also do swimming.
1: So it's just swimming, uh, that help you with your uh, your fitness, you think?
3: Yeah, it keeps me in shape, and it loosens my legs a lot.
2: Well, good.
1: I like that. Mine has got a dominant swimming program, Absolutely. don't they?
3: Yes, they do.
1: Tell us a little bit about how far away you travel in some of these far away tournaments. Um, Coach Riggs and I are former college coaches, and we... We've talked at great length about the East being stronger in a lot of sports because they get into Minneapolis a lot easier than the West. The West tends to just play the small towns in the West. And I've always told uh, like the soccer community and whatnot, you got to travel if you want to do well in state when you want to go play those, those schools in the East. So tell people about where you go, how far you travel. I mean, I think we'd like to hear that.
3: Um, I do go to a lot of Minnesotas, and, like, I've gone to Florida a couple times, Iowa, and, like, this year I'll be going to Chicago and Milwaukee and Kentucky. So that will be fun. And I just try to let all my skill out on other places other than just North Dakota.
0: Are most of the girls on your team? Are they from the area here? Do you pick up girls from all over the state, or where's where's the roster made? My
3: minot team usually just goes to Minnesota, but me and Lily Bell are on the Minnesota team, so we go to a lot of the far away together. you
1: You got to go see the Bean if you go to Chicago. You got to get a picture at the Bean. That's pretty cool. I don't know why I'll, it's I'll there, try to remember that. but it's a big, big Bean <laughs> in the middle of the city, and there's thousands of people taking a picture in front of it. It seems like a
0: all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, I, well, Maggie. Uh, any other questions, Smener? No, just an absolute proud of you.
1: Proud. It was just awesome. an awesome moment to watch. It was like, uh, I mean, you know, I always come up with you know different things. Mm. It reminded me of when, and you weren't you weren't necessarily scoring a million points. It was just the kind of the warrior attitude. But it reminded me of Jordan dropping fifty on the Jazz, when everyone thought the Bulls were dead. When he had the flu, mm-hmm. <laughs> he You just, just look, look like you were about to drop, tired at any moment, and just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming and kept coming, and, kept coming and it was just, uh, it was just awesome to watch, as a was.
0: you know a sports fan. And you know, I really liked it because uh, Spanier said, "Take sentry and I'm taking them over the field." <laughs> That's what he said <laughs> last <laughs> week. So, yeah, I'm letting them uh, eat some crow over here uh, for making them. Uh, uh, you know, go back, but you know what, I'll tell you this, uh, uh, you know, kind of think about the guys' team as kind of, in the last few years, just with their success, and the three and the rows, and all that sort of thing, I absolutely lo- love the fact that uh, you've shined a light on uh, girls' basketball, mine and high, and uh, the I mean, Jets are going to be excited, and I know the expectations are going to be high, but they're going to be, f- you guys are going to be a fun team to watch as you guys grow, so we wish you... Oh.
1: Real quick, though, real quick. Whoa. Just something that happened oh, yesterday. What's that? Logan Nisley committed to Nebraska yesterday. Did you see that? You did. Yes, I did. I mean, Alf, I mean, you know, and I'm extending this, but, I mean, how does that feel when you just beat a, maybe a Big Ten, a future Big Ten basketball player?
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a great, like, a phenomenal player all around, off and on the court, and, like, it's well-deserved, and, like, I know potentially I could get there, and I look up to her.
1: She, yeah, she's her her she's so smooth so skilled it was she was fun to watch as well yes. and uh, Nebraska's getting a good one good so
0: well right yes. on well thanks mate we appreciate it uh, we definitely will be in touch and we'll be following your journey and uh, thanks for stopping uh, by and taking some time uh, chatting with us thanks a lot kid yeah thank you all right here we are we're talking goat talk we're talking soccer or football as our guest from last week had alluded to from England. Uh, obviously, this is uh, your, uh, what would you call your uh, expertise area of soccer, but uh, it's the go talk, and, and there's a little bit of, uh, you know, talk about guys a little older, a little bit newer, um, but we got a couple of pretty good names. I mean, obviously, people that are newer remember, you know, of course, no Messi and and uh, Ronaldo from Portugal. I like the Ronaldo from Brazil. That one was a big one, and I'm a big Fran- France fan with Zeddy and Zidane, but I don't think they make it to that list. But what are your thoughts on the GOAT and Mr. Soccer? And I uh, probably have a feeling there's a little Argentine flavor into this. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, you know, your Babe Ruth is Pelé, right? Yeah. So you got Pelé, you got Maradona, who's probably, you know, the greatest in my childhood generation. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he, he, would, he made England look like a U-12 team, just mm-hmm. dribbling around him and scoring at will. You know, in a World Cup, I've never seen anything like that. And then, uh, obviously, you got Messi. Uh, You know, Brazilian Ronaldo has the most goals in World Cup history. Him and Miroslav Klose Klose from uh, Germany. Deutschland. Um, I like Gary Lineker from, you know, uh, England, Tottenham, but he's not on that list. Oh, boy, (laughs) I tell you. You know, Gareth Bale. You know, now we're just talking Tottenham's all-time greatest. Uh, You know, Pelé... You know, Maradona won one World Cup, super dominant. Uh, Messi has done stuff that no one's ever done. Mm -hmm. This modern game, it's different, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But he's never really got it done at the World Cup level. You know, and Pele, you know, he's the Babe Ruth.
0: You talk about, like, you know how we talk about, like, NFL, how these quarterbacks were super good during the season but never won a whole bunch of Super Bowls, but yet... You know, do they get slighted for it? But of course, the same thing happens in soccer. Of course, it's
1: and it, it maybe shouldn't impact them as much in soccer because the World Cups every four years. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, you know, and you had Spanish, the Spanish golden generation during, you yeah. know, Messi's run. Uh, I, I don't know. I you know, Pele won a bunch of World Cups, and I don't know. Do you, I mean, he's mean, just he was just so much better than everyone in his sure. time.
0: Now, of course, you know, like I'm. I'm no soccer expert, of course, follow it and stuff like that. But, you know, in soccer, you know, with such low-scoring games having such an impact on it, is there any players, like, in the game of soccer that were defenders or keepers that could potentially rise up? Like, in hockey as an example, like, everybody looks at Gretzky and stuff like that, but goaltenders have played a huge part of winning Stanley Cups and, and those type of things. Is there anybody in soccer, you know, that, you know, played on some teams that were like just stout I mean, defensively? You know, I mean,
1: Paolo Maldini is probably one of the greatest defenders of all time. And, you know, uh, Vincent Company running uh, Man City for so long, you know, is very good.
0: Um, and then here's the other question. Soccer, we all know what World Cup is and what it means to the world, of course, but there's a lot of focus on you know, Champions League and the Premiership and stuff like that, and some of the best players to play at that necessarily don't play very well at, at World Cup. So, I mean, it's... It, it, it really comes down
1: stuff? to to probably Messi and yeah. Pele, and it comes down to do you weigh down that World Cup mm-hmm. achievements or, or, you know, uh, or, you know, Messi just being so dominant for so long. Mm-hmm. I It's an interesting... It, it, it's interesting. I'll say this, though. If you look at standard... Standings mm. NFL baseball NBA it's done by winning percentage which mm. comes out if you if you equate it to soccer points two points for a win, one point for a, a tie, zero points for a loss Soccer is weighted three points for a win you know one point for a tie so tying hurts it's almost like a loss mm-hmm. so you know when you when you look at value it swings heavily toward Players that can get it in the net, mm-hmm. you know, uh, can score goals, you know, over defenders, mm-hmm. um, you know. So that's probably, you know, why your your goat talk is going to be centered around the the, the players that that's just it? generate three points, three points, three points, three points, mm-hmm. over and over and over. Especially in a World Cup, when you know when it's uh, a four team pool, and then all of a sudden it's knockout time. You know what I mean? You can't mm-hmm. lose. So I don't know. Uh, i mean I, I would lean on Pele, but uh you know uh I would say, you know, like most of my assistant coaches over the years and they're younger mm-hmm. um you know they they, they say Lano Messi, so mm-hmm. well, I mean
0: uh, question is is do you, like is goat talk right now, but you know does like the Portugal run, although I mean we talked about it off air about you know they're kind of playing in the same era, but if Ronaldo continues if Messi retires and you know if there's a gap there tell is there a chance to catch up or I mean it's not even in the discussion
1: I mean I think Ronaldo's been a close second uh, but I mean Messi's played for Barcelona and they've just been mm-hmm. just super dominant for you know for a long time I, I think I think it's Pele Messi um, this one's gonna probably generate a lot of hate Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'd like to
0: hear from everyone else. I would too. But absolutely, I'd want to know what's going on because I think it's pretty debatable. I think the problem is, is, I mean, there's a lot of uh, history with people who are diehard soccer fans that I know that know history like you do. But the current, how soccer has really evolved and became a really popular sport now. We're talking... MLS has certainly got a lot better. You know, World Cup numbers in Canada, they've got their professional leagues going, and at the youth level, which we've talked a lot about, youth numbers have exploded in North America, particularly in Canada. I mean, you think about hockey being the the number one sport in Canada, and you go into Saskatoon, where I'm from, where historically there's, you know, eight, nine rinks, and, and we've got NHL players galore. But if you look right now at youth numbers in the city of Saskatoon, I bet you're probably about three 4,000 youth hockey players and then there's probably 8,000 youth soccer players now. And so I have a feeling here in the next decade, I feel like, especially with the success of Canada's, you know, World uh, Cup aspirations, I think we're going to see, you know, that potentially soccer is going to pass hockey as the favorite sport. I mean, especially to get to the World Cup. I mean, you think about, we talk about the NFL and the Super Bowl and what were the ratings for the Super Bowl, like 150 million people watched it. Like, how many people watch a World Cup game? Like it's like 1.5 billion. It's yeah. Unbelievable. yeah the, the
1: women's World Cup is bigger than the World Two World yes, as well. But absolutely. Um, Who's
0: your? Do you have a goat girl? A women? women's soccer player? Mia yeah, Hamm. That one. You know what's
1: funny is you know Marta's the the most skilled of all time. She's the best footballer. Yeah. You know, pure footballer. And a player that I just don't I don't, I didn't much like as a player, just because the women's game's so different. She's so big was Abby Wambach. I mean, she just scored, and yeah. you couldn't stop. You just hit it over everyone's head, she'd jump up and head it in. Mm-hmm. You know, that becomes... But uh, about
0: uh, Canadian Christine Sinclair? She's good. She we was good.
1: University of Portland grad uh, there. She's really good. Yeah,
0: I mean, she carried it. Uh, Played for all the old Clive Charles. big news. <gasps> yep, absolutely. No. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I think we got to ask the people here, uh, because it's... Uh, I'm
1: torn. It really comes down to their comments.
0: Okay, I agree with that. I'm, I'm kind of... We'll see what the what our uh, demographic of our our listeners, because we'd really like to know, especially if we got a lot of younger ones, if you follow our TikToks, you know that for sure. But who's your goat? Soccer goat? Let us know, and we want to find out, because we are torn.
1: Thanks for watching. Another great episode of Spainer and Riggs, brought to you by the Dakota Network. We celebrate lions around here, and uh, we're looking forward to the upcoming week of watching some state class B boys basketball at the Minot State Dome. See you next week.